This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So as the weather warms up, we're outside gardening or doing yard work. There are so many opportunities for skin issues, right? And for me, it's always a mystery to know what's going to irritate my skin, but I'm definitely out there itching and scratching. But the good news is active skin repair always seems to save the day. Active skin repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, making it suitable for use on all skin types, all parts of the body, and even on rosacea, eczema, and acne-prone skin. Here's what I want you to do. Visit ActiveSkinRepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and get 20% off your order when you use code JOYFUL. Again, that's www.ActiveSkinRepair.com. Find out more about the product and get 20% off your order when you use the code JOYFUL. Hey, what is up, podcast listeners? I am so glad that you have found yourself at the Joyful Courage Podcast. This is a place where we celebrate real and raw conversations about raising kids with conscious parenting and positive discipline. I'm your host, Casey O'Rourke. I'm a facilitator. I'm a parent coach. Most importantly, I am a mom of two teenagers and I am walking the path of more mindful, intentional parenting right alongside of you. Please know that this podcast is created for you. I create it for you and for our community. And if you love it, Feel free to share it with all of your family and friends over social media. Let's spread the word. Let's get as many people as possible listening to this show. Please write a review on Apple's podcast, formerly known as iTunes, and join the Patreon community where parents just like you are contributing just a small little amount each month to the show and enjoying perks like monthly webinars and community conversations about the content you hear on this podcast. Check the show notes for links and more details on all of that. I'm so, so grateful that you are here and now enjoy the show. Hi, listeners. My guest today is Mother's Quest founder, Julie Neal. Julie honors both the meaning and the mess of life and parenthood and believes our children and youth challenge us to grow into our best selves. Sounds familiar. (laughs) She is on a mission to live a truly epic life and through her example, inspire her children to do the same. Her four-purpose venture, Mother's Quest, provides inspiration, coaching, and community so that mothers and those who work with young people can connect to support and resources, fulfill their unique purpose, and live their epic lives. After a 20-year career as a leader in youth-serving nonprofit organizations, Julie turned her focus to coaching, training at the Coaches Training Institute, and facilitating a process known as reflection for youth development professionals. Through this and her parenting experience, she realized that mothers and those who mother need an opportunity to reflect on their own growth, dreams, and plans, and created Mother's Quest to champion them. With common care, she masterfully taps into her own curiosity and intuition to help her clients slow down from the busyness of life and work, reflect on what matters, clarify a future vision, and move into action. In the fall of 2017, she founded the Women Podcasters in Solidarity Initiative to raise awareness and dollars for social justice issues through the power of podcasting. The first season focused on anti-racism and police accountability. We're going to talk more about that initiative on today's show. When she's not wrestling with her kindergartner or driving her teen to basketball practice, you can find her squeezing in 10 minutes of yoga and meditation, believing something is better than nothing, and staying up way too late to watch a double hitter of Handmaid's Tale and Super Soul Sunday. Hi, Julie. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Casey. I'm so excited to be here with you. And it's a surreal experience listening to your bio being read like that. (laughs) 
I know. How do you like that? It's kind of weird. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's all true. Yeah. And it's so great. I was so glad to get to find out so many new things that I didn't already know about you. Can you please share a little bit more about your journey of doing what you do with listeners? Absolutely. I love the power of metaphor. And one of the metaphors that I think of often is this idea of planting seeds And I think I've been planting seeds for the work I'm doing in the world and in my life for over a decade, actually decades. Mm -hmm. And, you know, really it was as a youth development professional before I even had my own children um, where I first became invested in helping young people grow into their potential. But I also learned and realized, um, because of the unique organization I was in, how critical it is for adults to be doing that work and to be growing themselves um, if they want to expect that of young people and model that for young people. So that work and that ability um, as as a young adult and then, you know, becoming a mother, I was with the same organization as a staff member for 12 years, but have been connected to them for 20. That really um, set me up, I think, in many ways to, to bring this work to mothers. And then I had my own really transformative and challenging uh, motherhood journey. And so this is really the coming together of both of those paths in my life. I love that you highlight um, the importance of the modeling of continuing to grow and evolve as a human when that's the expectation we have of young people. I think so many of us, well, I can speak for myself, you know, coming into parenting and yeah, I was in my late twenties and by that time, you know, it's pretty easy to believe that you have it all figured out (laughs) (laughs) and then you have kids and it's like, oh, dang, there is so much more growth and development opportunity here. So I just love that. And I think it's so powerful when we can be really transparent and explicit about our own path of growing for our kids. Right. Right. It, it is such a gift. And that is something that I do all the time. I talk with both of my children about the things that I'm struggling with. And I also often ask them for their own advice. Mm. And am, you know, usually blown away by how insightful they are and how much something they say shifts something in me. So it really is this reciprocal relationship between ourselves and our children when we allow ourselves to be vulnerable and authentic with them. Yeah. And how you have two boys, right? I do. I have a um, six and a half year old and then my I have a teenager. Uh, you and I have been bonding over the, the <laughs> mothering a teen uh, who is going to be 15 next weekend. That's so wild. So that's a pretty big age gap. Yeah. And, you know, it wasn't by design. Um, mm-hmm. That is one of the challenges that I experienced on my motherhood journey was dealing with um, trouble getting pregnant. Mm-hmm. So when we when we decided we were ready to start trying again, it took us about five and a half years before we welcomed our little guy into the world. Yeah. Uh, and that was its own experience requiring all kinds of growth and lessons learned along the way. I know that's a whole nother podcast, isn't it? It could be. <laughs> but it does give me really interesting perspective on parenting, mm-hmm. I think. It uh, allows me, I have, you know, one foot in two very different parenting worlds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think in terms of supporting and championing mothers, I have had the experience of mothering now for um, a little bit longer down the road. And mm-hmm. I have some of the challenges of what it's like to have a teenager, but yet I still know what it's like to have a young child that is also demanding of you in um, other ways. Right. So I do appreciate being able to have that perspective. Yeah, because right, it's, it's funny right now I'm leading a live class um, in town where I live and uh, most of the parents have kids under five and me with the 13 and the 16 year old, you know, and they're talking about their challenges. And it is so easy for me to say like, Ugh, 
that is not really a big, I mean, I don't say that out loud, but in my mind, I'm like, oh, you have no idea what's coming. <laughs> like, right. This is not that big of a deal, you know, instead of remembering like, hey, guess what, Casey? It was a big deal for you. It's a big deal for them. So find your compassion and, <laughs> you know, which of course I do, but it, it it's funny how, you know, quickly we forget how challenging, like even the sleepless nights of having a baby in those right. first few months. And um, I remember being at the grocery store and having Rowan, my oldest, in a sling, sleeping in the sling, always in the sling. And this little old lady coming up and just saying, you know, don't you just love every single minute? And I looked at her <laughs> and I burst into tears and I said, no, it's really hard. Like I love a lot of the minutes, but no. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then I watched Oprah years ago, did a episode around the myth of motherhood. And that's exactly what she talks about is that it's, it's hard and it's beautiful and it's challenging and it's amazing and it's all the things. But I think that sometimes we get fooled into believing that it's going to be just one of the things. And so when it's hard, you know, you start to feel bad about that. Yeah. It's so interesting how things align. Later this afternoon, I'm going to be interviewing uh, Catherine Winch, who is the founder of something called The Mom Complex. And she has a book coming out um, called mm -hmm. Slay Like a Mother. And she was my mm -hmm. second podcast guest. So I now have over 50 episodes. But she was one of the very first people I interviewed and someone who I sought out at the time because she did this um, spoken word TEDx talk about mm -hmm. the mask, oh, cool. the mask of motherhood. And I just oh, so cool. resonated at the time with this, you know, the idea that we, we, you know, we'll share the picture perfect photos. We talk about all of the highlights and we don't always acknowledge or share the, the moments that are really challenging. So mm -hmm. tell me a little bit about what had you step into podcasting? Cause you are a fellow podcaster. Woo -woo, podcaster. <laughs> go podcast. What had you go in that direction? Well, I loved podcasts. I was a listener for many years of the Good Life Project podcast with Jonathan mm -hmm. Fields, and I still am. I feel like in many ways it um, was the blueprint um, and has inspired me in creating the whole venture of Mother's Quest. And I love being in conversation. I mean, that's my thing. I, you know, whether it's mm -hmm. in reflection circles or in one-on-one -on -one coaching or on a podcast interview. Um, this idea of kind of pressing pause and creating space for deep reflection uh, is is what lights me up, what I love, where I feel like I'm in flow. And so and 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 today, you know, something like podcasting, I think a decade ago, I would never have imagined it possible that I could do that. Uh, mm -hmm. But it started to become real that I could actually make it happen, could actually do this thing. And, yeah. and so it just was, I had this very large vision for what I wanted Mother's Quest to be, but the podcast seemed like the first piece where I could start creating something of value to others, but I could also be learning, finding my guides and learning how to live an epic life, which is the framework for um, everything connected to Mother's Quest and the way I live my life now. So it just seemed like the, the perfect first piece of the puzzle. Don't you love, so I always feel like I'm kind of cheating because I'll have guests on and it's like, oh, look at, I have your undivided attention for the next 45 minutes. I've got some questions. Like, yes, I'm right. serving my community, but also like, well, what do you think about this? <laughs> it's been such a gift. It, it is, uh, it is the most amazing thing. And it also has been a way for me to build authentic, real relationships with so mm -hmm. many people that live beyond the podcast. Um, it really yeah. has become an extension of my life. Uh, and I don't, you know, my, my podcast opening says I created this podcast for myself. So like the premise mm -hmm. of my podcast is that I'm on this journey and I don't want to do it alone. And so I specifically seek out people um, that I think can help shine a light for me on whatever it is I'm seeking in my life on my quest. Mm -hmm. And then I just trust that if that is something I'm looking for and something I am knowing I need to learn that, um, there's a gift in sharing it with others and someone else will be looking for that too. Yeah. Love it. 
so similar over here for sure. So your podcast, so you started off, talk to me about the journey of your podcast because you're pretty, you're pretty deep into some social activism now, but did you start off there or how did that, what has been the journey of your podcast? It's really interesting because someone else asked me this too. I think that it is, what is happening is that my commitment to social activism is deepening as I've been learning. So my whole journey through this, you know, can be documented through the podcast, through the different conversations Mm -hmm. that I've been having and who I've been bringing on. But I would say that the, the, you know, it was there from the start um, because I launched my podcast in December of 2016, um, which was, uh, you know, right when Trump was becoming president. Mm-hmm. And like so many other people, I think we were kind of waking up into um, needing to use our voice and our activism mm-hmm. in ways that we um, where I think people of color had known for, you know, ever. Um, but specifically white women, I think we were, we've come to a different kind of realization about the realities of our Mm -hmm. country and the need for us to become involved. So even Mm -hmm. at the start of my podcast, um, it was there, um, a fairly early guest was Paula Mendoza, who was one of the founders of the women's March in Washington, DC, the first one. And, Mm um, you know, I brought her on to talk about how to step into more activism I interviewed Elizabeth Cronice McLaughlin, who has this daily resistance live uh, about, you know, how to um, begin. I had these ideas for wanting to use the podcasting platform to shine a light on, um, you know, anti-racism and police brutality. And Mm -hmm. so she was one of the first people to help me think about how to do that. Um, And then, uh, you know, is she the gal that does is is she, sorry to interrupt. I just want to, is she the gal that does, is she the lawyer? Yeah. Is she a lawyer? Okay. Yeah. She was a former Wall Street attorney. Say her name again. Elizabeth Cronice McLaughlin. She is beautiful. She is like brilliant. And I've, I've caught, you know, many of her Facebook lives because I think so many of us, we, well, I, again, speaking for myself, but I'm guessing I'm not the only one. Like I need the whole political, I need it. I need everything broken down into bits and pieces so that I can understand the bigger picture. And I think she does such a powerful job of that when she jumps. Is she still doing Facebook lives? Yeah. She usually does one almost daily during the week. Okay. I need to circle back around to her. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, yeah. And so a, another early guest of mine was a friend of mine, Genji Heisten, um, who absolutely is the one that woke me up to um, needing to find some way to make a difference on the issue of um, police brutality. She had done a Facebook Live after one of the black men had been killed by a police officer, you know, just in complete tears crying about, you know, asking her white friends to imagine for a moment what it might feel like um, to fear for the safety of your black husband, your black sons, your black brother every day when they walk out the door. And I could not up until then, I had been reading all these articles and, um, you know, having that horrible feeling that I'm sure we all do reading the article, but then also feeling somewhat powerless and then just sort of, mm-hmm. you know, scrolling by or going along with my day. And I mm-hmm. could not scroll by Genji's, you know, authentic um, sharing of what life was like for her. And mm-hmm. um, so I, I picked up the phone and I called her and that began a conversation. And so that whole process of she and I grappling with like, well, what if anything could I do? And how could, how might we actually even begin with our own children um, in mm-hmm. addressing some of the reasons why there is racism? Um, that is one of the very early podcast episodes. So I think it's always been there, but what you're noticing is just a deepening of my involvement as I've been learning and growing. Yeah. And who's your audience, would you say? Like, do you feel like you speak to a diverse group or do you feel like you're speaking to mostly white middle-class women? 
Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Thank God, spring into summer is my favorite time of year. After turning 50 last September, I've been really working on my physical health and well being and can honestly say that I am feeling better in my body than I have felt in a very long time. Yes, credit goes to movement and working out, but even more credit goes to how I'm feeding my body. That's why I love Factor. I fuel up with Factor's no prep, no mess meals, 35 different meal choices, and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. I always have a new flavor to explore. It's amazing. You can crush your wellness goals this May, keep time in the kitchen to a minimum, and enjoy effortless support for the lifestyle you want to be living with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust from Factor. Head over to factormeals.com slash joyful50 and use the code joyful50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code joyful50 at factormeals.com slash joyful50. Again, that's 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Yes, yes, yes. Join me. Join me in the health revolution and feel really good this summer. Hey, so I'm so excited. I want to share with you about one of our new sponsors, Starglow Media. They have this amazing show for all of you with younger kids called Mysteries About True Histories. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers and on adventures through time packed with puzzles and hidden equations, histories, and laughs. You all know Alana, our co-founder at Sproutable. She listened to the show with her seven-year-old and loved it. They would pause the show and try to figure out the math problems together, loved learning about different cultures and the histories around the world. The series explores themes like the stories behind math, critical thinking, code breaking, pattern solving, and so much more. Math is geared Math is what they call it. Math is geared towards kids six and over, but can be enjoyed by the entire family. Episodes drop every Thursday, and they're about 15 minutes. Perfect length for the car rides, mealtime, break time, bedtime. Each episode is stacked with so much laughter, and your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. So tune into Mysteries About True Histories math with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. That's such a good question. I mean, it's hard to know. My my desire and my aim is to be building a Mm -hmm. community that is diverse. And Mm -hmm. um, I, I know that I have, I absolutely do have women of color who have listen to episodes. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I would imagine that primarily the people that are tuning in are white women more like myself. Um, mm-hmm. And I do feel like that's part of my mission, particularly with these episodes um, that are part of my initiative, Women Podcasters in Solidarity, which I know we're going to talk more about. But mm-hmm. I really am trying to bring conversations to light to people who maybe wouldn't don't already know about some of these issues or don't imagine how they could be part of um, stepping into activism of their own. So that's part of, that is part of my mission. And I asked that question because I know, you know, even having you on and having this conversation, I mean, we are two middle-class white women and my, I know my audience, I know I have some people of color. I know I have some dads, but mostly I've got, you know, white moms listening. And so if I can, bring these conversations into our, into the community, you know, I, I feel honored to do so. And I'm, I always, and I'm, I know that you do the same, you know, the invitation is always there for anyone who's listening to call me out when I get it wrong and to gently let me know, like, well, you kind of missed this opportunity or, you know, this wasn't, this didn't quite land for me, especially when it comes from someone who is a person of color because I can only look out of my own lens, which I'm always trying to expand in a variety of ways, whether it's, you know, my own self-awareness or the experiences of others. Um, But I just think it's, I think it becomes really, it is really important right now for all of us to be having these conversations. All of us, 
you know, all of us white people to be having these conversations that have been going on for, you know, generations and generations and generations for people of color. So I'm happy to do what I can to, even if it makes people uncomfortable, you know, listeners, sorry, not sorry, because it's the discomfort I think is when we know we're really on to something. Yes. And it's really something important. I'm really glad you said the thing about like saying the wrong thing or uh, because I feel like that was um, one of the first guides that I found and brought on the podcast who continues to this day to be such a, um, I learned so much from her all the time is Nicole Lee, who is an inclusion specialist. And she also specializes in helping parents have courageous conversations about race with our children. Mm-hmm. Um, and when she came on the podcast and we could share a link to this for anyone listening, uh, one for of sure. the things that, um, she, the gift she gave to me, um, was to really hold a growth mindset around mm-hmm. conversations about race. And I know you talk about growth mindset on your podcast a lot and, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's part of how you parent, but we hold that for our kids that we don't expect them to, um, do things perfectly. And, um, we want them to be actually, you know, welcoming of messing up and having failure as, as long as they're mm-hmm. learning from it. Um, so once I was able to shift and let go of this idea that I was going to be doing anything perfect, um, and that of course I was going to make mistakes and, um, feel uncomfortable that is actually Mm -hmm. part of doing the work, um, and just holding a growth mindset for it all. It really opened up a lot more possibility for me. Yeah. Another resource that I mentioned to you before we got on the call, darn it. And did you look up how to pronounce her name? Shoot. We've never did. So listeners, I'm going to give you the title of a book and I'm going to spell the name of the author because I don't want to butcher it. So the name of the book is So You Want to Talk About Race. The author, her first name is spelled I-J-E-O-M-A and her last name is spelled O L U. And it is a fantastic book. And she goes through, you know, all of the major issues that people of color have been dealing with for, you know, ever. And with insight designed to support the rest of us in knowing how being better at being in conversation and being allies and being advocates. Not and she's straight up like you're not going to be perfect. You're going to fall on your face. And then you get to be really graceful in the feedback that you get around that because, you know, people are going to say, nope, you're wrong there. And don't be defensive about it. Just be quiet and learn and take it into account and get better. And I really appreciate that. So, so you want to talk about race is the name of that book. And it's been really eye-opening and useful to me. Hey, friends. Sorry for the interruption. I know you're loving this conversation with Julie. I loved being in conversation with Julie. She's just super fantastic. And I love her. And I'm glad you get to experience her through this interview. But I also want to acknowledge that the book is out. The book is out. You can go by Joyful Courage calming the drama, taking control of your parenting journey right now. Right now, you can pause this interview, head on over to Amazon, head to barnesandnoble.com, head to my website, joyfulcourage.com slash book, and you can order your copy of Joyful Courage if you haven't already. And if you have already ordered your copy, go get one for a friend right? Go get one for a friend. Go get one for your brother or your sister or your neighbor. Spread the word because a world of parents that are leaning into joyful courage more often than not is a world of parents that are raising a generation of kids who aren't carrying their parents' baggage for them. I love this quote. I have a quote from Jane Nelson, the author of Positive Discipline, and co-author of all the Positive Discipline books, she wrote, do you love being a parent except for those times when you don't? Did you really believe you could be a perfect parent and then beat up on yourself because you couldn't? After all, you knew better. 
you're going to love this book. You will laugh and you will cry and you will feel encouraged by the many tips on how to handle the ups and downs of parenting. Love it. Listen to Jane Nelson. Listen to me. Get your hands on this book. Now back to the interview. But I want to talk about the Women Podcasters and Solidarity Initiative. So tell me about that and, and how you came to create that and what it's all about. So, yes, I thank you. I, I'm excited to share more about it. Of course. Yeah. When I decided that I could use the podcasting platform for myself to learn more about how to have conversations about race and how to shine a light on social justice issues, I realized that if I might make that commitment that maybe some other um, women podcasters could also make that commitment. And alongside recording conversations around different themes, I also wanted to direct resources um, to the cause. So um, this idea for creating an initiative, which became called the Women Podcasters and Solidarity Initiative, was born. Um, And again, it started with myself and my own commitment. And I just invited other people to be part of it, um, to say yes, too. And the first season, the focus was on anti-racism and police uh, brutality or, you know, building towards more police accountability. And um, we had, you know, a dozen people. Uh, submit episodes and those are available on the women podcasters and solidarity.com website. And then this season, uh, the focus has been on um, the intersectional impact of gun violence in our communities um, and working towards gun safety. And uh, I have recorded three episodes for that season. um, And that the episodes aren't yet up on the site yet. We haven't shared them, but I think by the time you're airing this, uh, mm-hmm. they will be available. And uh, it just seems like a really uh, clear way to make an ongoing commitment to continuing to have important conversations and directing my growing community to uh, send resources to particularly, um, so far it has been, you know, women of color, who, and mothers who are leading the charge on these important issues. Yeah. Tell me about some of your guests from this season. So this season, my first episode was with Gloria Pan, who is the head of gun safety for the organization Moms Rising. And they do, you know, incredible work around, you know, all kinds of political advocacy. But I had Gloria come on right after the Parkland um, shootings And, you know, I just felt like I I needed to talk with someone about what are the steps that we should be taking. And um, it was it was a really important and powerful conversation. And I've since um, continued to stay connected to Moms Rising and have seen them. You know, they've been part of so much change. And recently, you know, the House uh, just uh, approved a universal background check law that they were instrumental in helping to push forward. And now it's going mm-hmm. to the Senate. So it's, um, you know, it's not law yet, but the House did right. pass it in a historic way. That was my first episode. Uh, the second episode was with uh, Lad Everett. I really wanted to talk with a white male um, about mm-hmm. um, how, you know, about moving towards gun safety and uh, looking a little bit about the issue of patriarchy. Um, and he mm-hmm. heads up something called One Pulse for America um, and is the father of two daughters um, and had actually recently been arrested um, for protesting about um, the Kavanaugh nomination. Mm-hmm. So we got, you know, we, we definitely delved into the issue of gun safety, but also explored um, a lot of other important topics around how to raise men uh, to be advocates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that gave me the chills. And then... Mm. And then my most recent and last episode, do you want to say what, what gave you the chills about that? Well, just, I mean, I watched the congressional hearings for Brett Kavanaugh and Dr. Ford. And, you know, I have one of each. I have a daughter and I have a son. And I just want to do right by both of them. And, you know, the pendulum can swing so hard you know, with victims and blame and just hearing, you know, thinking about raising our sons in a way that, you know, where they're respecting 
all. I, I love the work of Rosalind Weissman. Mm. She wrote a book called uh, Masterminds and Wingmen, and it's the Ooh. companion book to Queen Bees and Wannabes. So those of you out there who have seen um, Mean Girls, <laughs> the movie was loosely based yeah. on Queen Bees and Wannabes. And so she wrote a book for boys, and it's all about the social roles that kids can fall into. And and there's this one role that he's the champion and he's the one that doesn't get ruffled when his masculinity is questioned. And he's the one that's looking out for the kids on the outskirts. And he's the one that stands up to the mastermind and says, you know, no, that's not okay. And so whenever I drop my son off at school or he walks out the door, I just remind him to be a champion and not like a champion, like win everything and be the best, but really just be on the lookout for others and and he that's kind of our little code and that just made me wow. think about that yeah well yeah. that made me cheery <laughs> yeah because you know obviously I have two boys and and I want them to be champions and advocates yeah. too and the yeah. the biggest takeaway I had from my conversation with Lad Everett about that is to give our boys permission to cry and to have emotions yes. oh yeah well, yeah. and it's interesting too, like this is a total tangent right now, but you know, my son is, is a, is a sensitive kid. He's big. He's like, he looks a few years older than he is. He's run around with his older sister. So he kind of from, you know, appears to have this air of maturity. I mean, hang out with him long enough and you're like, oh, right, you're 13. But he also has, you know, a quite a bit of emotional intelligence. And while I am you know, it's something I'm, I'm really grateful for and we've worked on and it's just kind of the way we've come at parenting with him. It's also really challenging for him as he recognizes how many boys around him are sorely lacking in emotional intelligence where that hasn't been a focus. And, you know, and they're doing the things, the boys will be boys things. And Ian's like, why are they acting like that? Like, I don't get that. And so it's a, a fascinating study of, you know, having conversations around like, well, not, you know, this isn't how everybody is raising their boys. And I'm really proud of you. And I appreciate that you are, you know, that we talk about how you're feeling and what your emotions are and there's space for anger and there's space for sadness and there's space for embarrassment and there's space for tears and all the things. And and there's space to talk about like, gosh, not all the boys get this, right? And really mm -hmm. it's it's less about nature and really it's about nurture and, and just having those conversations are fascinating. I'm, anyway. I'm going to definitely get that book. I'm, I'm so curious to learn more. Yeah. Yeah. Rosalind Wiseman. She's fantastic. So tell me more. I know you had a third. Yeah. Um, so the, the yes. last episode in the series for this season um, was an interview that was over a year in the making. Um, it was mm -hmm. one I thought I was going to have in the first season, but it was really even better suited for this one uh, with Sabrina Fulton, who is um, Trayvon Martin's mother. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, sh for what has what has been interesting is to find out that some people um, still don't even necessarily know um, who Trayvon Martin is. So, um, just in case, really? um, you know, with, with growth mindset, just in case there's somebody okay, who doesn't yes. know, not making um, assumptions. You know, Thank you, Julie. He was the, um, man who was killed by killed in Florida within the gated community, um, uh, by a neighborhood watch, a man, um, whose name is George Zimmerman. Um, and Sabrina is his mother and she has, um, Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. 
I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. Taken that you know, the horrible grief of losing her child in this way and really become like the mother of the Black Lives Matter movement or one of the mothers of the movement and has used her voice to become a powerful speaker, author, advocate. Uh, She and her um, ex-husband started the Trayvon Martin Foundation. They do incredible work. And one of the things that she has created as part of the foundation is called Circle of Mothers. And it is an annual healing retreat for other mothers who have lost a child to gun violence. Um, That literally came to her in a dream. And she talks about this in our interview. She woke up one morning and she just had a completely vivid picture of what she was meant to create to help other mothers so that they would have uh, a support system and a space for healing and also a space to talk about their children and to celebrate their children um, in ways that she didn't have when she lost um, Trayvon. So um, this year, the resources uh, are going to sponsor 10 mothers to be able to attend that um, Circle of Mothers retreat in May. And we've raised, at, at the point of this recording, over $10,000 on the GoFundMe campaign. Um, and we're closing it on Friday. So hopefully we will get to our goal. But um, already so. I'm really inspired by what has been possible by mothers like you and me contributing and sharing you know, whatever they can, spreading the word. Yeah, I'm but sitting here with a broken heart just thinking that it shouldn't be that we need a mother's circle for moms that are healing from losing their kids to gun violence, you know, like that shouldn't be necessary. There shouldn't be that. That shouldn't be a thing. And so thank you for sharing about that. And I'm going to invite you to send over anything that I can post today because is the campaign over tomorrow, which everyone we're recording on March 7th. So... (laughs) Yeah. Well, um, I'm going to close the campaign tomorrow because um, the way GoFundMe works is you have to close it to disperse the funds and I want to get the Mm -hmm. money to them. But anybody listening can contribute to support this work anytime. And I'm sure you'll make sure to include links to the Trayvon Martin Mm -hmm. Foundation. So um, it is never too late to to contribute Mm -hmm. to this cause. But I thank you so much, Casey, for helping to spread the word about it. Um, And I, I, I'm with you, of course, you know, just how, what a, what a tragedy it is that we have to have something like this in our country, um, where mm-hmm. we could really do something about gun violence. And, um, uh, you may know about Lucy McBath, whose son was shot because he was playing music too loudly. Um, no, she has I don't gone know on about that. Yeah, so we can include a link to to her story. Um, But she went to Circle of Mothers to the retreat. um, And one of the things that Sabrina talks about with them is that, you know, uh, when they go back home to their communities, um, to do what they can to make a difference and to get involved. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. Lucy is one of those incredible success stories of the program and that sh- of the retreat. Um, she went back and ran for um, Congress, and she's now mm-hmm. a Congresswoman, and was you know instrumental leading the charge again for um, this universal background check law yeah. that passed in the House. 
So, um, you know, it is awful that mothers have to go through this, but both in this example and also my first season, the money that I raised went to another incredible organization called Mothers Against Police Brutality. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Colette Flanagan is the founder, along with Sarah Mercuria, who I interviewed for the podcast. And they're also doing incredible work, you know, taking grief that they had. Colette lost her son. Sarah watched her father killed when she was a child by police. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are now, you know, helping to change policy locally in Dallas and then taking all the lessons learned and um, impacting what is happening in other cities across the country. And um, if I can say something about uh, that. Yes, just uh, keep talking, Julie. Just keep I'll talking. Just, okay. <laughs> um, one thing that has been amazing, and I think like really a testament to what I was saying before about the fact that these, um, you know, the opportunity to interview people is more than just creating an episode. It really becomes mm-hmm. a relationship. Um, is that, you know, for the last year I've been speaking out more against police brutality, but, you know, it had been a little bit more of like in theory for these cases that were happening in other places. Well, in November, um, an unarmed black man, Chinadu Akobi, um, was, mm-hmm. uh, died by cardiac arrest after being tasered. Um, he was unarmed and had not committed. Um, he, he had jaywalked. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, so, you know, now in my own backyard, there's this like horrible, tragic case. And I've begun getting involved, spoke out at a county board of supervisors meeting, was actually talking to one of the supervisors yesterday, um, have been working with uh, Abella Akobi, who's uh, Chinadu's sister. She's a Facebook executive who's been very outspoken about this um, and a team of local organizers here. Um, part of the conversation about what we can do the DA just announced he's not bringing any charges to those officers. Um, mm. So we're very much like deep in advocacy in my own community now. And because I have this relationship with the people at Mothers Against Police Brutality, I've been able to connect them. And I think we're going to be able to really learn from them and they can help be guides to us to figure out, you know, what is the pathway to advocacy here? Mm-hmm. So wow. it's really, um, it's incredible to me what's possible. I, you and I have Elsie mm-hmm. Escobar in common as a mentor, and I yes, just we sent do. her a boxer. Yes, she's amazing. And she's been a, a partner in the Women Podcasters in Solidarity Initiative this year. So yesterday I left her a Voxer message because she's always talking about the impact of podcasting beyond downloads or numbers. And just said, like, you know, there is a concrete, powerful, important um, impact of me having yeah. that podcast episode last year. And it's now playing out in real relationships that are hopefully going to impact, um, you know, our policies here. Yeah. So I'm getting a little, wow. get a little fired up over here, but, um, it just yeah, really like starts it. with like one step, one conversation and everything flows from there. If you stay committed to the process. I love that. You know, I think so many of us hear things and read things and feel so disconnected and like, it doesn't like what, you know, what could we possibly do? And you're, you know, you are telling stories about what we can do and one step in. And reaching out and building relationships and it's beautiful and powerful and I'm so grateful to hear more because we're friends online we've met in person once but I've been watching from afar and just you know so amazed and in awe of all that you've created Um, what has been your biggest learning beyond what you've shared is there anything else that has been a big learning as you've stepped into activism and being more active in the social justice front. I wrote down these lessons learned and I feel like I've already touched on them. So maybe mm-hmm. I'll just summarize. Let's just summarize. Um, yeah. Let's just wrap yeah. wrapping it up with a summary. I think, you know, one of the biggest lessons learned was to, you know, not to just scroll on by, to actually stop, mm-hmm. to pay attention when you feel called to an issue Uh, And Mm -hmm. to really just take one small step, like just begin, just say, I'm not going to um, forget that this matters. Um, That's one thing. I think um, looking for guides, uh, finding Mm -hmm. people that can help, you know, shed a light that you can learn from their experience. Uh, Sometimes that involves paying people for their time. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in, in the case of Nicole Lee, it was wonderful that I had her on the podcast and, uh, you know, she did that, uh, generously, but I've also, um, you know, paid for coaching time with her to help me through, mm-hmm. um, some of the, you know, you know, before I interviewed Sabrina, I wanted to get some, some support and, um, thinking about how to have that conversation be the most impactful. Mm-hmm. Um, also this whole idea around growth mindset. Um, letting go of perfection and knowing mm-hmm. that it's going to be messy and you're going to make mistakes and you're going to learn. Um, I also have, you know, other guides that I have found along the way, Desiree Attaway and um, uh, Erica Hines and Jessica Fish at Diversity as an Asset. They talk about how perfection is really a tool of white supremacy. So, you know, mm-hmm. releasing that idea that we're going to get it all right. Um Definitely also moving from feelings of guilt, which are not helpful, to a place of responsibility and acting from that place. And something that I have been like circling around and continuing to work on and uncover is moving myself and my own ego from the center. Mm -hmm. Um, Even with this episode with Sabrina, you know, I keep... I feel like I've really come to a a different place now, but in the first few weeks, I think I was still like, um, feeling like, Oh, this is going to be, I was internally noticing what I felt like it meant about me to be having this conversation. And I have Mm -hmm. over the weeks more and more been shifting my internal focus to really, this is about shining the light on Sabrina and her journey and her story and bringing resources to her. Um, you know, the ego around the GoFundMe goal of like, you know, if we don't hit that $15,000 number, what does that mean about me? And really it doesn't mean anything about me. The goal is to get Mm -hmm. money to her, which is why, like, Mm -hmm. I think it's so great that your listeners, you know, they may not contribute to that $15,000 goal, but they can still send a a contribution to the foundation. Um, Mm -hmm. and that's what matters. So there's been a ton of learning around that. Um, and then huge, that right there is huge, Julie. And I think it's, like in all of our relationships, right? Yeah. In all of our relationships, I think that ego and stay staying self-focused gets in the way in so many different relationships. And I and especially in this context and the power dine I mean, they're so that's such a juicy like we could tease that apart for a whole nother episode. So thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, we have like a whole series we're creating here. I know. Episodes Maybe we should do that. About. <laughs> I would love to do that. The last thing that I want to end with, um, which I know I touched on before, is the importance of relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, Nicole Lee in our episode talks about, you know, moving from relationships that are transactional um, and being, you know, in in more authentic connection with one another. And I think that is what I have most appreciated about the opportunity to be in conversation and to shine a light on these issues um, is all of those real relationships that I'm building that I'm, you know, it then puts me in the position to to help make more connections like what's happening right now with the Justice for um, Chinadu effort here and the folks at Mothers Against Police Brutality. So I think... You know, even if you start with just one conversation, one relationship that you build or that you, you know, extend yourself out to on a cause that matters to you, that is Mm. a really powerful place to start with incredible ripple effects possible. So in the context of advocacy and social justice, what does joyful courage mean to you, Julie? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, I do you know Sage Hobbs. Nope. You're throwing so she's many another, fun names at me. I can't wait to explore all these people. She's another amazing <laughs> woman podcaster. Uh, she has a podcast called Naked Conversations, and she interviewed me, and uh, we talk about some of these issues as well. Uh, mm-hmm. She started with, like, what does it mean to be brave or what is courage? And mm-hmm. um, I think at the time I remembered saying it's like, you know, standing – I don't know if it was standing, but standing for what matters to you, um, or, um, but, and you might have fear, but moving through it anyways, from a place of love. 
And what I'm appreciating about this um, question about joyful courage is, you know, taking action and standing for the things that matter, even if you might be feeling afraid and you do it anyway from a place of love. Um, along the way, you also find joy. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there have been so many moments uh, where I've been like cheering. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thinking about some women in my community who have been um, sharing the posts about the Circle of Mothers campaign. And every time I see like one more mother reach out to her community, like one at a time, like donations of mm-hmm. 20 or $30, um, I am filled with joy. There is like, there is a joyfulness about, um, you know, seeing again, like the seeds of what you've been planting growing in the ways that you hoped. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I answered your question, but that is, oh, that's, that's all, those are all the jumbled thoughts that came to me. Love it. Love it. Love it. So you mentioned, um, a few links, but just right here, right now, where can listeners find you and follow your work? Um, so the, you can go to the website, mothersquest.com. And if you go to mothersquest.com slash podcast, you'll find all the podcast episodes if you want to delve in there. I'm quite mm-hmm. active on Facebook. Uh, that's probably where I, I connect and hang out the most. I have a Mother's Quest Facebook group, which is a private community that you're a part of, Casey. And it's so great to have mm-hmm. you there. And there's also a Mother's Quest business page. And then I've been... Um, dipping my toe into Instagram. So I, on Instagram, mm-hmm. I share a lot of what I call epic snapshot moments from my epic life. So you can find me in any of those places. And you can also always send me an email to julie at mothersquest.com if you want to be in more conversation. Yay. Thank you so much for coming on and being a part of the podcast, Julie. I so appreciate it. I, it was such a gift to have this time with you. Casey, can I ask you a question? Yeah. <laughs> so at the end of all of my episodes, we, uh, my guests and I do takeaways from the conversation and, uh, you know, I kind of summarized, uh, what I've been learning and many of those things came into more clarity through being in conversation with you. So I feel like I've shared my takeaways, but I would love to hear from you. What, what is something that you're taking away from this conversation today? Well, straight off the top of my head is that I'm going to totally binge listen to Mother's Quest podcast. <laughs> like, yay! that's one takeaway. And just really appreciating you and the model that you are of using your platform in a way that um, is so inspirational and empowering and educational. Um, I really appreciated when you said that you had hired Nicole Lee, that you had interviewed her, but then you had also hired her to support you in your conversation with Sabrina, which I think is so, what a responsible and respectful thing to do, just knowing who you were going into conversation about and with and what the conversation was going to be about. Um, That really landed for me as a podcaster and someone who wants to be in conversation and I do want to get it right or I want to be humble enough to recognize to, to own it and, and receive the feedback when I'm not getting it right so that was I really appreciated that you shared that as well wonderful and you're just an inspiration I just adore you and I'm thank you for asking the question Oh, Casey, well, thank you for being willing to share what was coming up for you from an authentic place. You weren't expecting that question. So thank you for (laughs) saying yes. And, um, you know, I trust that the deepening of our relationship today will continue in new ways. So I can't wait to see what's possible there. Me too. Thanks, girl. Joyful Courage community, thank you so much for tuning in each and every week. Big thanks and love to my team, including my producer, Chris Mann at Podshaper. Be sure to join the discussion over at the Live and Love with Joyful Courage group page, as well as the Joyful Courage business pages on Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe to the show through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, really anywhere you find your favorite podcasts. 
Also, I mentioned Patreon at the beginning of the show. Check it out, www.patreon.com slash joyfulcourage. This is where you can contribute to the show and take advantage of patron perks like content-rich monthly webinars and deeper discussions about what's being shared on the podcast. You will like it. www.patreon.com slash joyfulcourage. Any comments or feedback about this show or any others can be sent to Casey at joyfulcourage.com. I personally read and respond to all the emails that come my way, so reach out. You can also sign up for my biweekly newsletter at joyfulcourage.com. Just go to the website, sign up for that. Take a breath, drop into your body, find the balcony seat and trust that everyone is going to be okay. Big love to each and every one of you. Have a beautiful rest of your day. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us.